0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Shit Chats. I'm your co-host, Connor Reynolds, and we have beside me Mr. Connor
1: Burns. Connor Burns, how you doing, sir? Good, doing well. Uh, Started the season grind. I'm through uh, two weekends on the road, five more to go to start the year. So um, I'm on that grind right now, but feeling good. Good to be back on, on the field seeing the boys play. Let's
0: go, baby. Let's go. And then below both of us, we have the always great Mr. JP Fishon. JP, how you doing, sir?
2: Good good. Good. Good to see Burns on Twitter. Uh putting out some content. Seeing the boys hit some hit some laser beams is always nice. And, you know, just continue to watch the guys rake on the on the field is good. Let's go, baby. It's a nice Let's go. go.
0: Well, shoot, boys. Sounds like both of you, uh, myself, are having a lot of dudes that are just kind of going off. It's finally game times. It's finally a time that we've kind of been waiting for this entire offseason. It's all the times that you've been grinding when there's, uh, I don't know, does Washington get snow, JP? A little bit up north. Not, not really much around here. All right, well, it's the places where Bernsey and I, you know, you go into the facility, there's snow on the ground all that kind of stuff, and you're going through and you're like, why am I here for the fourth day in a row, getting my shit, just absolutely beat by this high fastball that's just tearing me up. Like, why am I doing this? Well, this is why we're doing it. It's finally game time. It's finally time to show it off. Um, do you guys have any guys that are just absolutely going crazy that you want to talk about?
1: Um, I'll start, I guess. For me, it's obviously my squad that's been going. We played nine games so far so very early on in the season right now um not a, not a not a ton of a it's not a ton of sample size yet um i think the biggest thing by high school guys is just that adjustment to timing but as well i think the biggest thing is like the vision of it you know you're for us right we're stuck inside um, kind of end of october until now like we where, where i live we're still can't practice on the field yet so we go um, and bus to, like minimum three hours away, uh to go play right. Um, two weekends ago we went down to BC, went thirteen hours on a bus, um just to go play. So I think it's a it's a tough adjustment for them coming out of cage 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 for six seven months and then go out and do that big uh <clears throat> the big backdrop and different you know locations and stuff. So I think that's kind of one of the biggest adjustments that all the, all my guys had. Um, just because they're so used to that cage and just that dark backdrop. Um, And then, obviously, just timing. Timing's always an issue. Um, You know, a pitcher's not a machine, right? So it's it's a different timing mechanism, different everything. Um, So I've seen some guys kind of struggle a little bit, but that's just the nature of starting the season. But um, one of the biggest things I've been liking to see out of my guys is really, one, talking to me and um, going through their at-bats and approach Um, And, you know, I've, I've I believe to see them actually very self aware of their swing and their at bats and what they're doing. Um, So that's, that's been a really nice thing to see. Um, And just understanding there, especially early on, it's, we're not, we're not looking at results necessarily, right? Like you go two for four, uh, two singles, but they're both jam shots. You know, that's not necessarily a good thing, right? It's kind of teaching you guys like, hey, man, you lined out to center field twice today. You went out for four. It sucks, but like, you just gotta stick with it. So it's kind of trying, trying to help them navigate the ups and downs of the season, right? Because if you just chase results, um, you're gonna be in a roller coaster, right? If you gotta, you gotta value yourself on approach, on you know how locked in you are, your preparation, your routine. Uh, are you hitting balls hard? Are you seeing the ball? All well? stuff like that. So, um, but I think we're getting there.
2: Yeah. We got some guys, yeah, some guys doing really well. Um, some of my Japanese hitters are hitting, hitting out of their minds right now, which is always fun to see. Uh, you know, Japanese baseball is very different cultures. So it's, it's, up. it's, it's always funny. There was one, um, you know, both guys hit a home run in the same game, and uh, one of the comments was like, are we starting to hit too many home runs? <laughs> I was like, oh, no, here we go. <laughs> um, but uh, but that's that's good to see. Um, but like Burns said, I mean, we're – you know, I'm about halfway through the college season, and I think, uh, I think guys are kind of hitting hitting some lulls. Um, that might have might have kind of started hot, and um, so a lot of the conversations have been been really revolved around like adjustments and approach. Um, I think you know the the start of the season is always great for for guys that didn't play so well last year, uh, because you know they're getting those fastballs. Like the scouting report is basically like this guy sucks, throw him whatever, he's gonna get himself out. Uh, and they they put in a lot of work in the off season, And so now they get that fastball and in the gap. And so we get, you know, halfway through the season. And now the scouting report's like, don't throw this guy anything over the plate. He's going to hit it really hard. And so uh, it's like, hey, coach, I've seen two fastballs the last three weekends. Uh, and I'm just getting off-speed pitches. What the hell do I do? Like, they've never had to face, like, that kind of approach. Um, and it's like, yeah, dude, you're a good hitter now. Uh, so they're not gonna they're not just gonna feed you fastballs anymore um so how do we kind of combat that and uh change our approach a little bit and uh that's been kind of good for for guys to talk to or talk talk through with them uh because i think he gives them a little bit of perspective about how far they've come um and and kind of spinning it as a, as a positive in that way is really helpful for him um kind of get back on track and uh, I think it's it's also fun for them now. They can kind of narrow down their zone even more. Like realistically, at post levels, dudes aren't throwing off speed pitches for strikes, you know, over uh, a majority of the time. So they can kind of zone in on on what they're looking for and and start to learn how to sit on an off speed pitch a little bit, which is good. Um, so kind of continue to see how see how the rest of the season goes uh, for a lot of the guys, but overall, it's been been a lot of fun.
0: Let's go. For me, it's it's always a thrill uh, when I have my guys coming in the facility. And I'm just asking, like, hey, you know, how many games have you played since I last seen you? And we're going through talking about it. I'm like, yeah, so, like, how have you been hitting? Like, how are you feeling in the box? I'm like, good, good. No I'll hit, I don't know, like a couple doubles here. I, I had this RBI single here. I can't. this one game. I hit three lasers, but they all got caught. I went over three that day. And you're just like, they're saying it so casually. Mm-hmm. Just like so, just like, ah, I don't know, like, just a few doubles here or there, and you're like, let's go. Like,
2: like, dude, I watched Swing and Miss 40 times in a row. In the <laughs> <off season. laughs> and, and, like, going back to those uh, where I, I don't
0: know if we talked about it on this podcast, I kind of changed my verbiage on the lessons where, you know, you do go through and you swing and miss 40 times in one session and stuff like that. You know, they were doing a bat speed program, and you just kept miss hitting balls constantly or whatever it is. I started changing, uh, the wording of that to a manure lesson and going through and seeing these guys, like seeing what has grown from those shitty lessons, but the roses are starting to grow from those shitty lessons because we understood what we needed to work on, right? Like it's always difficult sometimes to find the good or or the way you need to work on in a good session. If you're just going through and just barreling everything kind of hard to find something to need to work on right and so going through and having them face that adversity and make those adjustments and now finally seeing that progress or the results of what the the work that they've put in through this offseason it, it's just it's funny and then i remember going back when we would be doing the tracks leagues every single dude that hit a ball over 90 miles an hour on the ground and in infield was like oh that's not getting caught oh what, what are we talking about that that, that's getting through all day now seeing them get caught in a regular game but then also the same thing where you have a kid hit an absolute piss missile right out of a, a, a fielder let's say left field they'll get mad oh like that shouldn't get caught but then you'll see a little uh end of the cat little bleeder 60 miles an hour but just at the right launch right over the first baseman's said that would be a base hit they're hooping and hollering like what how is that now blah 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 Well, now we get to real games and like that's how it's played. And so seeing the 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 difference, the change and uh kind of like how guys see the game and how they kind of play the game and how we go from that training transition of, you know, you're always wanting to barrel, barrel, barrel. Now we're getting into some more games. So you're hoping for possibly maybe a jam shot here, jam shot there. We're just hoping that we have enough bat speed that we worked on during the season to be able to get that jam shot. Over the infield now and stuff like that, and so the difference has been fun to see. Uh, the athletes coming in with the progress that they've made—it's uh, it, been a lot of fun. So it, it's been an enjoyable uh, spring so far here over at Fast. Oh
1: yeah, oh yeah, <clears throat> that's it. Yeah. yeah, like with that too. Just especially with the off season, like seeing these guys get bigger and stronger on the bat speed. Like, had a guy hit a double a couple weekends ago, and I'm like, "Do you even barrel that?" And he's like, no, and I'm like, fuck yeah, man! Just, <laughs> just awful, awful burnt left fielder. And I'm like, you didn't even get that, did you? He's like, no. Like, hell yeah! That's
2: <laughs> that's why we get strong, buddy. Yeah. That's why we get strong. Yeah, that's what we're working for. I want you standing on second base, pissed off because you missed it. <laughs> like, goddamn it, I missed that one. Fuck. All right, good double. <laughs> Bernsey, what kind of uh, like, like you, we talked a little bit before the podcast start, but um. Like what kind of things have you seen now that we're on the field that uh, we might not have been able to work on um, in the in the indoor? And then, what's the adjustment for you talking to guys uh, to kind of address those things? Man, I think just
1: straight up ball flight. um, It's it's especially it's so tough. Uh, A lot of times, you know, um, like. Like guys in the cage is like, oh, I think I miss hit that. I'm like, man, that's like a fucking double in the gap. Like that's that that's that's what you want. Or like especially with the side to side, like stuff down the line and stuff, like they they'll think they barrel it or or not. And it sounded good, but I'm like, no man, like that you you got jammed there. Like just just actually getting feedback from the ball now. Um I think has been the biggest adjustment for them. Um especially just being able to fucking hit BP on the field before and then being able to like, oh shit, like, oh, that's that one in the cage. Like that's actually going like that. That's a good piece kind of thing. Just really being able to see the, the ball do what it does um, and kind of just reaffirm stuff that I've been talking to them about where, you know, those ones where they kind of barrel hook and they're like, oh, that's a good piece. But in reality, you get on the field, that's a top spinner right at the second baseman, not necessarily what you want um definitely just seeing deep seeing ball fight and actually having them like okay what do i need to do now like um in terms of bat 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 path all that type of shit right so that that's been the biggest thing i think
2: yeah yeah such a big difference seeing the ball like whether it's hit tracks or rap uh like you're gonna miss a little bit um whether it's like misreads or the kid tracks not picking up spin where you know they're hitting balls down the line and it's like a home run, and you're like, "Well, that's probably a foul ball because you hooked the hell mm-hmm. on that." Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's huge, huge getting on the field. And like you said too, I, I imagine the large part too is like the approach stuff, seeing live pitching a little bit more, and like, what are we looking for? How are they? How are they pitching us?
1: Yeah. Well, biggest thing. It's funny too. My bad. Sorry. Uh, I was just saying, it's funny too. Just like with like some of these guys, like talking approach and stuff and obviously you know different guys have different approaches right but like some you know some guys I'm like man you need to think like you need to think oppo gap whenever you try and pull the baseball you fucking get disconnected hands cast out right or vice versa um, and just it's they they come around and like they're like oh man I, I really just thought about like just hitting a line drive at center there and like and I think that really worked and I was like man I've been telling you to fucking think that all offseason it's funny, they, they, they go around like, oh, that was my idea. It's like <laughs> telling you that for yeah. like five months. Dude, like, good job. You figured it out. But like, holy shit, man. Like I, I've been telling you that for a while now, dude. <laughs> yeah. Biggest thing
0: that I've seen is I had one of my guys come in is the difference of a pitcher going through with like a high knee kick or maybe going through like the full motion. And so then the timing of them going to like a slide step. It, just like being able to make that adjustment of going through and saying, like, all right, like here's my timing for this, here's my timing for this, Here's my time. And all of a sudden that they kick in like a slight step, being able to make that timing adjustment and not like panicking. Um, that's been something. And so I, I've been trying to mix in somewhere when I'm feeding like the machine. I'm going through, and I'm like trying to hold it on for as long as I possibly can before I shoot it. Uh, We've been using the uh, spin ball so it's got that cup kind of like overhead so like I'm not able to directly feed onto the machine but going through and just like trying to hold on for as long as possible and some I just drop in and just let it go and just kind of working on that uh, not to panic to relax to calm down you know understanding the situation if you kind of get caught early on something like that and it's super early in the count don't have to panic we can just take that if it's something that's deep in the count, maybe like a two strike and they hit you with something quick, just being able to trust and work on what we've been doing of being able to get on plane early, maybe just tick that off. Maybe just look to see the next one and just kind of like walking through that difference of going from in the winter of, you know, hey, like we're gearing up, it's the same thing over and over, whatever it is, to that difference of variability uh, from pitch to pitch from the same pitcher. Uh, That's been kind of something I've kind of had to like think about, I guess, a little bit much. Have you guys seen that at all, uh, so far?
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, like I said, like, for our guys, it's the, it's, you know, it's not the machine anymore, right? You're not, you know, it almost becomes mindless with the machine. It's like, boom, boom, time up, yeah. Whereas guys are, you know, really good pitchers, too, are good at fucking, even from the whole mixing up that, that shorter leg kick, you know, hesitating a little bit more. Guys are more crafty, right? So, um, no, def- definitely have seen that. Um It's and it's funny too. Just like kind of going off the approach stuff too. I remember one of my guys like I don't necessarily like to change like too much about the load if as long as I get in a good position. But I, I there was this one guy like big leg kick had a tough time really like holding his backside, and I'm just like man, I, I would shorten it up. And he's like, oh, but like I'm raking. It's like, I know, but like I don't, I don't think that's gonna work in a game. And then after the first weekend he just got roasted and he's like, Yeah, I think I'm gonna shorten up my leg kick now just
2: like I time it better. Like, Man, that's yeah. such a good idea. It's such an original good idea that you just came up with. I'm so proud so <laughs> proud of you. <laughs> oh no, so no, no shit. Yeah. Good job, buddy. Yeah. What? So Yeah, I think you, know. Yeah, like like Byrne said, it's tough. Um I think the most common question I get uh, when guys get going, it's like, how do I, how do I wait? I mean, really early. Um, cause it, we, we definitely hit faster pitching than what they're going to see in high school. You know, like we're, we're hitting 85 to 90. Like the high school kids are not seeing 85 to 90. You know, they're seeing like mid sevens, uh, most of the time, especially at like the JV level. Uh, and so it's like, how do I wait back? It's like, well, like remember the things we talked about, about your load and like, holding your hinge, like, staying back. Like, that's the stuff we really got to work on. And then, like, okay, we got to move our ball flight targets around to try and catch things deeper. We got to kind of do all these things. Uh, like Bart said, it's not stuff we haven't talked about. Uh, but I think when they get on the field, it's like, oh, like, this is actually not working. Uh, I'm actually not not as successful as I want to be. Uh, and, and part of that's, like, talking them through, like, hey, don't hit the panic button. Like, don't just throw everything out the window and, like, change the swing. Uh, it's just these small adjustments that you already know what to do. You already can come up with these ideas on your own, uh, and talking through that, um, you know, a little bit is is helpful. Uh, but and the other thing too is like uh, like you mentioned Reynolds is just when when do I feel off time and like being okay just like taking the pitch like it's okay like it's it's first pitch they have bad second pitch they have bad like you have one strike no strikes like be okay I'm off time let's just take it and like hey we'll wear it go to two strikes or we'll go to one strike like work from there um and being comfortable with that uh i think is huge for guys do you yeah i think
1: go ahead Brizzy. sorry uh just like no you're good like pitch recognition and like really hunting for your zone early in the count too like like i had one guy like just swinging at fastballs up I'm like, man what's your pitch he's like low and away and i'm like then like dude if you if you take a high strike like Early in the count, like I'm, I'm good with that. That's okay. That's not your pitch, right? Obviously, we get to two strikes. We got to expand that. But like, you, you have to play to your strength. You're not, a, you're not very, you're not very good at a high fastball, so don't swing at it. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the tougher adjustments my guys made. Like they're, they're almost a, which wasn't the worst thing in the world, but a little bit too aggressive early in the counts. But just on like dumb pitches, like man, we got to hunt for something we can do damage to, yeah. right? And we're not off the machine running, We're not working on high fastballs. This is in game. And I think that's one of the things they forgot too in the off season. Just like, they're like, Oh, I got to, I got to rake the machine. It's like, well, why are we want to rake the machine? It's for the performance in the game. That's what matters. We're, it's not to be good at the machine. It's to make sure we've done enough work that we're going to go in game and perform. I think guys got a little bit mixed up on that, but
2: yeah, we're working on hitting the high pitch because you suck at hitting the high pitch, and you got you know a fifty percent whiff rate at the top of the zone. We're not working on that, so you can hammer it too well. It's so when we get to two strikes, it's just not an automatic K. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Have you guys found any
0: other drills uh, that you guys have been kind of using recently uh to try and go through and like mimic the most? I guess like game like like was kind of been your guys' uh practice plans uh that you guys have had the last couple of weeks that you guys have been instituting to try and um obviously we don't want we're not still working on like bat speed we're not so working on little things like that. So what have you guys been doing in season to try and continue what has been kind of brought on from the off season while not still doing
1: off season things if that makes any sense. Um well, I got, I got this one from JP last week. Actually, I uh, I texted him and asked him because, uh, first weekend we were, we fucking struck out just a shit, like, just so many K's. I was like, what the hell is going on? Um, so I had double cage, me and my other coach, Ethan, we got up there fucking short box. We're slinging it. Um, I legit threw like a hundred. Bit. It was actually fucked up. I was, um, but, uh. No, so on my cage, I was going fastball change-ups, and it was it was uh, no, no take-around. So, like, I, I said, I was like, if it's an egregious, like, fucking way out of there, because, you know, on a couple, I'll, I'll miss some way the fuck out there. I'll let it happen, but it's like, you're not that's what true, true. That, That's the one, JP. Um, So, uh, that worked really well. And then the other cage, you just had straight 0-2, uh, 0-2 rounds done. And then my other guy was throwing fastball sliders. Um, and then i I still have uh, kind of my team broken up into two teams still. So I made it a competition. know um, something would take. it was like if you put if you go four four balls in play pretty much, that's that's five points. Um if you take one that's minus ten, um, if you swing through it, your round's done. And then on the o two cage, uh, we had um, pretty much you got three plus pitches. It was plus five, and then every one after that would be plus ten. If you backwards K'd it was minus 10, and if you struck out, it was minus 5. Um, so doing that, but also putting something on the line a little bit, getting them competing with each other, um, I thought that worked out really well. Um, and then just going, you know, different variables in the cage, like today I did um, high below with a junior hack, like top of the zone, and then in the other cage, big hack with smash factors. It did curveballs down the zone, kind of just that different... Um, you know, those two kind of pitches tunnel each other, so I'm going to have them go back and forth to each cage, so trying to make it as kind of
2: game-like as possible. Um, but yeah, so that's been good. Yep. It's Coach Carrasco special. Shout out Lamar CC. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a little different for us. Uh, we we don't have guys that, uh, that come back uh, in season, so uh, we we don't necessarily get the opportunity to do uh, a lot of in season work, um, but I think for us as as guys are getting closer, like our indie ball guys are getting set to leave in a couple weeks, and for them it's just like straight at bats. Like we're just mixed pitch. It's gonna be gross. Like they always complain. They're like we're all gonna get cut because we got one run in nine innings. It's like well yeah, but you're facing like 95 mile an hour two seam, and you're facing a disgusting slider and we're throwing a change up in there that's, like, basically a slider from the other side. So, like, yeah, you're not going to hit as well. But, like, the timing adjustment, the back-off adjustments are over really after. Um, and I think for guys that are in season, like, me working with them remotely, it's a lot more of just, I don't coach. You know, I don't coach these guys. I'm not there. I'm not at practice. I don't know what the hell they're doing at practice. Um, and, and so it's a lot more of just, like, does our approach match what, our swings optimized to do what are does it match what we're good at? Uh and then is our two-strike approach uh optimized to reduce the likelihood that we're gonna get exposed on the things that we're bad at. So if we're we're terrible at hitting the high pitch and it's two strikes, like I I want guys looking for a fastball like at their chin, like out of the zone. So we're just setting our eyes so high. That when that pitch comes, it's to at the top of the zone, it seems a little bit lower. And are we gonna hammer that? Probably not. That's not really the pitch that we're gonna crush. But if we can foul it off or we can get jammed and hit a single at the middle, like that's a that's a better outcome than than striking out. So that's a lot of approach talk um and making sure guys like understand the ball flight targets and how important those are, um, and then crafting kind of a strategy around that. Uh, and then it's adjusting that as the season goes on. Uh, this pitcher starts to kind of learn tendencies and uh, coaches get a little bit smarter and that kind of thing. So it's it's making those kind of minor adjustments and making sure they kind of feel confident going into the box with a good plan.
0: Let's go. I love it. I love it. Um, we've just been doing, mixing in a lot of uh, working on some rear leg stuff, uh, making it to where guys aren't, you know, just jumping too far out on their front foot. Uh, As we all talked about already, uh, so far early in the season, timing is kind of like the biggest issue that I think a lot of guys face. Uh, Because I think timing kind of leads into poor swing decision. Um, In my opinion, if you're getting too far out on that front foot, if your eyes are dropping, if the eyes are dropping with the curveball, it doesn't look like it's actually curving that much. It doesn't look like it's moving that much because your eyes are moving with the pitch if we're able to be a little bit more controlled of our balance, a little bit more mindful of where our, kind of, our eyes are at, uh, we're going to be able to see that that pitch is working down or we're going to be able to see that the pitch is working away. And so we've just been working on a lot of uh, – I do a lot of self-toss with plyos um, and trying to keep high intent. So we're trying to hit it down like a 70-foot cage, uh, which can be kind of difficult. For some of my guys that are, again, like a little too barrel hooky or a little bit too much a uh, fly on the shoulder – We've been going 45 open self toss plios. Uh, that's been a lot of fun watching guys kind of like struggle and trying to figure that one out. Um, and then we'll go to uh, a curveball, a uh, little junior hack set up about 45 feet away. They're just throwing little give me overs, uh, but they're on foam blocks. And so that way uh, we're going through a post ride. They can't get too far out on the front foot. Again, just really trying to work on them staying in the middle, stay balanced, stay middle. Uh, almost taking it as if they are like early on a curveball because they already have their foot down. Uh, but then also still getting that same uh kind of uh, intent on the swing. Uh, with us using blast motion in the background, they can we still try and keep it you know right around where I think their best speed should be. Uh, and we talk about like, hey, don't let it get down, but still don't get out on the front foot. Uh, and then we'll back it up to the spin ball and just pretty much we go from. Had uh, one of my college guys in today uh, that's, uh, he's taking a gap year, and so we'll start it at 80. Once he gets two or three barrels, based off of what he wants, uh, if he thinks they're barrels, if he likes them, then we'll move up to 85. Same thing, once you get two to three, then we move up, and then we go to 90, then 90 to 95, Uh, and then whenever we kind of like peak, we'll go down uh, like five miles an hour, and then we'll just try and light it up from there, uh, and just getting that same feeling, getting that tempo. We work on the off-speed, but then we also make it to where we don't lose that like kind of like fast switch on the fastball kind of feeling. So it's been a lot of fun, uh, especially, again, like I said earlier, having guys come in and just kind of nonchalantly talk about doubles and home runs and shit like that. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, unfortunately, I think I'll, I'll break the news. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be working with any uh, end-season athletes necessarily uh for the foreseeable future because uh myself uh i will be taking a position with driveline moving forward so it's going to be the second uh to last podcast i think that you guys uh will see this background and then i'm going to be moving up to ken washington uh with our boy jp and uh mr bernsey is also going to be in the area uh towards the end of may for a tournament so we're actually it sounds like going to get an in-person podcast uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But I uh, took an in uh, intern position with the hitting department up there. So going to be gone for about six months. So won't be able to work with these guys moving forward in person anymore. Um, I think a good amount of them possibly will be coming over to do online uh, remotes with me. So really looking forward to that. But it's kind of like my last feel of being in-house here at FAST. So it's kind of a little bittersweet for the next couple of weeks.
2: How we feeling? How we how we feeling about it? Excited? Nervous? Oh, so excited! So excited!
0: Uh, I already made a custom pair of shoes. Which, by the way, JP, uh, I'm shipping to your address because the the kind of hectic park is. Uh, I don't have an address right now. Um, still trying to find a place to like live. Uh, and I have less than two weeks for my start date. Uh, so that's kind of that's kind of uh panicky, but. That's kind of, like, the only thing that's panicky. Um, I'm, like, really excited. It's kind of one of those where it's just, like, I don't know what to expect, and I think that's the best way to go about it. And so I'm not trying to worry or panic about what it, you know, what it's going to be like because I feel like there's nothing that's going to be like it. So it's kind of just like, all right, I, I can't stress until I get there. And so... Once I get there and then shit's flying, then it's like, all right, now I now I can stress because I know what I'm, you know, stressed over. But right now it's just really excited, um, kind of just, you know, pumped about it. So looking forward to looking forward to joining you.
2: Yeah, yeah, we're excited to have you. Um, yeah, I liken it to to like just put your mouth on a fire hose and opening it up and just trying to swallow as right I can for first, first month or so, but. Uh yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be a good time. I'm pumped, man. Yeah. I'm pumped. Um, let's see
0: here. Uh, outside of that, do you got Do you guys have any uh any workshop? Um, don't really have a uh Twitter beef. I don't know. Actually, you know what? I do. I almost I, I I will say this was before uh the announcement. I think so. I I ever since I've made the announcement, I've actually tried to be really good. Um. I've actually unfollowed a couple of people rather than replying. So there's been big steps for me. Uh, But I did get into a run in with this one dude named um, uh, Steamboat Stevie. Uh, This one guy. So when I was down in Florida for my vacation, uh, when saw the Red Sox play and uh, Colorado demon, uh, Bobby Dahlbeck was playing in the game. He was playing at short kind of surprised me I was like yo Bobby hasn't played short that I know of since he was like in high school he played third at uh, U of A and then I believe he became a first baseman once he got to the big leagues with the Red Sox but I think he's played left side of the infield for like most of his life so I was like hey like that's kind of cool maybe I don't know like maybe he cut some weight maybe I don't don't know what the purpose is but like that's kind of neat Well, then fast forward, this one guy on uh, Twitter that's some reporter for the Red Sox, you know, talked about how they're going to be having to move Bobby Dahl back up and he's going to be playing short. And so uh, he said, it's only going to be for a short period of time, hopefully, or something like that. And so I asked him, I was like, you sound very optimistic. And so he responded, he's like, well, you know, we're making these cheap." It was not
2: some reporter,
1: it was Will Middlebrook. Some reporter,
2: <laughs> ex
1: your World Series champ, Will Will Middlebrooks. Let's not let's
2: not <laughs> fucking <laughs> not <been> for <laughs> some Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, he, he did not
0: sound very optimistic. That was. I was just like, hey, you no, know, I'm being sarcastic. You you sound like an optimist. And he was starting. He's like, what? Because blah 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 blah. So I just like tweeted a gif of some dude where it's like half empty, half full. Uh, because like I don't know, like. You'd never know. And so some dude then ended up replying was like, yeah, so-and-so, you know, some reporter. He's like, yeah, you know, all these Twitter idiots, you know, don't know what they're talking about. And it was from a gentleman by the name of Steamboat Stevie. And I'm figuring, I'm like, these guys probably haven't even seen Bobby play short. So I just respond with, have you seen him play short? Simple question. Um, and that's where it kind of like led into this dude going through, uh, going back and forth, calling me another like Twitter idiot, blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, uh, I go that seems ironic coming from a guy named Steamboat Stevie. And he goes, Oh, what? Aren't you just an intern? And I responded, yeah, I'm just like an intern, but I think it's just ironic to be called a Twitter idiot for asking a simple question by a guy named Steamboat Stevie. And, uh, he said fair. So kind of, kind of into that. And then I posted a, a video of me watching Bobby in Tampa uh play and talk about how he's only had one error in twenty uh you know attempts. So that was kinda cool. But yeah. Uh and then ever since then I've just been unfollowing people. So that was the digesting the beef, but wasn't honestly too much. So this is the summer of less toxic. <laughs> I'm not happy about it. Do you know I like, <laughs> – Bro, I, like, was ready to pull the Twitter fingers out, like,
2: so many times. And I was like, "Mm, we got to be responsible. You can get into beeps, you know, but, like, they just got to be, like, good beeps. But see, I like to be sarcastic
0: and almost to a point of petty. And it's not a good look. And when it's my, like, when it's myself, I don't give a shit. But then now uh, you start adding in other factors, and it's like,
1: ah, f- we'll I might,
0: it. I might just make a go a burner account and just tweet to the clouds. Not, not even tweet to anybody. Just tweet to the clouds.
2: we we'll That's the move. That's the move. Is to get a burner. That's the move. Not what should the-, the what should the name be? Steamboat
0: Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have a little bit? Has to be, has to be, Evie. Let's go. Well, we haven't met in a few weeks, boys. You guys got anything to kind of chit chat about? Last week was a hundred percent my bad. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, forgot. Didn't really have anyone on the schedule, and uh, just ended up going home. Hell yeah. Hey, some days you need that. <laughs> no, that was bad. That was bad. I just went home, and then Burns was like, "Hey, are we doing this?" I was like
2: uh no i mean it's over here it's just been a lot of like a lot of prep work honestly like be pretty low um just so many online dies and and making sure everybody's dialed um like i said i think a big thing is just like talking approach and uh i think it's kind of nice to take a step back from the actual coaching aspect and uh kind of take up more of that more of that like psychologist therapist type of role uh talking dudes off ledges and, and things like that it's it's kind of a it's a little, little shifting gears a little bit something a little different um which is good um and i think a lot of guys it's the value of kind of online training is is kind of having somebody to go to uh because it's, it's tough to have those conversations with your coach sometimes when they're the ones making the lineup and uh making the decisions it's easier to kind of Complain sometimes to somebody that's not really there. It's easy to uh, share those highs um, or or kind of talk through some some situations. So that's been a lot of fun. And then you know watching our MLB dudes, um, you know, kind of start the year has, has been a good time as well. Um, and you know we're we're buried deep in advanced scouting and things like that. So uh, that's that's kind of been in the run now the last couple of weeks. Just get prepped for the summer. MLB guys getting these indie ballers out of here and uh you know a lot of online training.
0: Oh yeah, baby.
2: What are you guys
1: uh what are you guys first thoughts? We're halfway through April, MLB. What are we thinking?
2: Man, those rays, dude, of <laughs> Bay going on. It's just a what did
1: an O not like twelve and 0. oh man. man. One organization Matt, they just develop dudes Turn them into studs. Then, when they're they're about to sign a big ticket, trade them away for more prospects. Turn them into studs. Just continue to have a horseshit budget and just be good.
2: Yeah, unbelievable. the The team I've really liked watching has been the uh, the Orioles because I think they've done such a good job on the offensive side uh, of of really developing some some really good hitters uh, and and kind of seeing the rewards of that um, and and hitting really well. I don't know how much of a chance they got, uh, but uh, that's been a lot of fun to watch. And then watching the Rockies just be the Rockies, as always, uh, just being, being, you know, not good. <laughs> it's, it's always, you know, it's nice to have your hopes dashed in April. It's good. It's always a good start to the year. Uh, personally, I say, oh, God, the pitch clock is fucking weird. Yeah. Pitch clocks insane. pitch
1: clock. Unbelievable. Dude, I was watching Sunday Night Baseball two weekends ago, and I'm just like, just mindlessly watching. I'm just like, it's in the sixth inning? Yeah, what? It's crazy. It's crazy. It's insane. Crazy. There is is one thing
0: I want to clarify, though. The pitch Mm -hmm. clock is not the direct correlation of the higher offensive numbers. It is not. The people that are using the more batting average, the more stolen bases, the this, the that. It is not because of the pitch clock. It is because of the ban on shifts. It is because of the ban on pickoffs. There are so many other rules that are not being talked about, and I feel like all of those are kind of getting pushed to the side. I'm personally, the pitch clock, it's a good idea, but there are some major adjustments that need to be made to it. And I think there are too many people, I think the media and all the people on ESPN and all the people on MLB network, I think they are praising the pitch clock too much and not also then talking about the true reasons of why everything else is happening. I think they're all just hanging it on the hat of the pitch clock. And I worry that is going to make it to where the pitch clock won't get any adjustments or changes for the future. And right now I still think that it's not ideal. I think it's a great start, but we're looking for like, like the iPhone didn't become like crazy good until, I don't know, like what, iPhone like four or five or some shit like that. Like that's when like the crazy camera, the front camera started coming in and the thumbprint. Like we are very far away, hopefully a season or two from them actually getting the pitch clock figured out. But that's my one rant on the pitch clock. I think it's good, but, not as good as others are
1: saying. The 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 banning of the shifts. I 100 percent agree. Like I think we're gonna see a historic number we haven't seen in a long time of uh, 300 hitters. Like 100. And also, that's why I think the fucking Jays they're going all the way this year, <laughs> Jamie. Dude, a year where outfield defense actually matters. We added Dalton Barshow and Kevin Kiermeyer. Our outfield defense is nasty. Bladie's gonna hit fucking 400. Matt Chapman's going off. We're going to win 110 games. Just watch. It's gonna be unbelievable. Dad, how long? How long is it going to be before the Yankees get Joey Gallo
2: again? No, they'll never not call him back to that. That's, Joey. It's good to see Joey Gallo actually actually have some success. I think the the pitch clock is uh it probably punishes hitters a little bit more right now. Um, I think. I, my hope is that the strict adherence to the pitch clock is uh, loosened a little bit as time goes on. Um, cause I think that's, that's really a detrimental thing. Uh, you know, 98 up around the chin, I think you deserve a couple extra seconds to kind of get, get ready to go. Uh, I think when you foul one off your shin, you probably deserve a couple extra seconds to get ready to go. Um, but the stolen bases are sick. The bigger bases, less pickoffs. I think, Things are really good. So on base is such a fun part of the game that I think's gotten lost. Um, and honestly, hot take: I think the ball's just hot this year. I think that's why offensive numbers are up. I think they just juice the ball a little bit, and Could that's, be, that's what they that's that's what they're getting the offensive numbers from. But uh, you know, that's it's probably a little conspiracy theory. But uh, well, you know, did you? I think overall, it's, it's pretty good. They've done, you, done it before, man. I mean, yeah,
0: of course they. Did you guys see Trevor Bauer's uh, video uh, where he was trying to find a new glove going to over to Japan? He took a Japanese ball and then an MLB ball and cut them in half and, like, went through and had, before he even cut them in half, he had people blindfolded, like, testing them out and everything. Everyone could immediately tell. They felt that the, I think, the MLB ball was heavier uh, and so, like, a little bit more travel. And then it had, uh, I think, a bigger, like, cork in it or something like that. So like they they are like vastly different now. Comparing them to other past ones, I think they're hotter now. But like MLB balls are fucking hot in the streets.
1: The,
2: the the pre tech on the MPB balls, the Japan balls are. Uh, I, I think we're gonna see that in the MLB pretty quickly. Uh, just because the the pre the tech balls are uh, unlock. Um, I think for dudes, like command and stuff, they, they've talked about that for years, uh, and I think it's time they just find a way to to make that happen, uh, these Japanese balls are feel completely different. Which is nice. So, that is. We'll see. I don't know. It's an interesting year. Like like you, like you said, Burns, I went to a Mariners game the other day and it was just like, you know, I kind of watched it casually and then like, oh, oh, it's the sixth inning. Oh, dang. Okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, You know. And the, the other cool part that uh, a lot of stadiums have started doing is putting up EV stuff and they started doing that a couple of years ago, but Putting up EVs and like, uh, I saw one stadium was putting up horizontal and vertical parade on pitches, which is so sick. Um, stuff like that's really cool because I like, uh, I forget who it was. It was a Mariners guy and he just kind of gets fisted a little bit, kind of single up the middle, two strikes. And, uh, we were kind of sitting there joking, like, all right, that's, that's, you know, that's hitting. And then you look up the EV, it's like one on one. You're like, yeah, okay. So like, oh, yeah, yeah. You tell that high school kid to just like, hey, you know, hit it up the middle. Yeah, the high school kid doesn't hit it one on one. So it didn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's one. Yeah, I think baseball's um, it's changed. It's definitely different this year, but uh, I think overall we're heading in the right direction. What do you guys think of Manny's ejection,
1: Machado's? I I was just gonna talk about that. That was like that's another thing. It's like up to the ump's like discretion of whether the hitter is set or not, right? Not that that's a weird one where it's like. I don't know. I agree with the objection. I'm like, the fuck, dude! Like, in the box. Like, what do you mean? Like, and he was trying to call to time. time.
2: Yeah, that's he, I think that's it. when he was trying to call time. I think it should just hit the yeah. eight second mark, and just like the, at eight seconds, the pitcher can throw in the box, out of yeah. the box, yeah. look, not looking. Eight seconds, pitcher can throw. It's up to you to get ready or not. Yeah, uh, take, good take luck. away, take away the like automatic strike.
1: Shit, I hate that. And I think, I feel
0: pitchers need to be ready by a a specific time too because, like, right now the amount of times that I feel like the clock shouldn't, like, start or something until, like, the – I feel like – I guess I'm trying to figure out a way of how to do this. But, like, right now, in my opinion, pitchers are able to just, like, not even stand on the mound. And the hitter will just be waiting outside of the box. All of a sudden the eight-second mark hits and the batter gets – Punished for it. And it's like, well, me as a hitter, I'm reacting to the guy that is throwing it. The guy that's throwing it, he's not even ready. He's not even on the mound. And so, like, I, but then you make it to where then all of a sudden there's no pitch clock anymore. There's just a timer for when you get set on the mound. And so, I, I feel like there needs to be something like that where the batter doesn't get a penalized for the pitcher not being ready. I feel like they should make it to where, just like you said, JP. Uh, right when the eight second mark, you can throw it anytime before that you have to have, uh, you know, eye to eye contact. Um, and I feel like maybe in like the ninth inning, like you should take it away. Like you're already in the ninth inning. How much like worse is this, is it going to get? Like, you're going to add an extra two minutes, three minutes, whatever it is, like take it away in the ninth inning, add it to where, you know, guys get two, uh, timeouts or whatever. Maybe make him just five second timeouts or pauses or something like if you get your tower buzzed he fouled off in the ankle um some minor adjustments but again like I I just worry that they're not going to make those adjustments because of how happy I guess you know everyone is sounding that you know better offense that's because of the pitch clock yeah
2: I think the other two is it won't be as big of a deal in the coming years uh, for players because they'll be used to it. You know, the guys that have come up through minor leagues the last couple of years have already used the pitch clock for two, three years, um, and versus the guys in the MLP, um, that've been in the bigs for for a couple of years now, this is their first time experiencing it. Um, so the rookies that are coming up, they're they're going to be used to it. They're going to have adjusted their game already, so it's not going to be as as drastic of an impact. I mean, Shohei, he got hit for it as a pitcher and a hitter. Yeah. Classic.
0: Like, I that dude's that. never had to deal with that because he was in the World Baseball Classic.
2: Yep. Bro, Tani. Swole Tani. He is so. He's huge. Holy fuck. Man. He's so good. He's the best player. It's insane. It's. It's. he's. That's just... crazy.
0: It's crazy. I I do have a bone to pick with him. It'll be the show. For some reason, when you play co op seasons, you can select him as a pitcher into the shuffle, but you can't use him as a hitter then. But in the regular Diamond Dynasty, you can use him as a DH and a pitcher, which is a nice addition. They just over skipped the co op season. So, I don't know if we could see that change. That'd be nice. Awesome.
2: Yeah, I don't...
0: we'll get right on the beat. Yeah. oh <laughs> <laughs> you guys check out for the watch out for the burners steamboat yeah. stevie's it's steamboat stevie's coming for mlb the show <laughs> oh boys yeah. you guys got anything else to add you're it well thank you everybody for tuning in again i believe this is going to be the second to last podcast for a while that you guys are going to see this backdrop on my side uh hopefully jp and i will be able to do them together in-house uh moving forward and then uh, when Mr. Burns is able to uh, grace us with his presence, we will do a full first-ever head chat, group chat, in-person podcast. I am hype. I hope you guys are uh, excited as I am. Uh, but until then, thank you guys for tuning in. And until next week, thank you.